enchanté. Welcome back, Whitey Tidies, to another Two Tight Ends podcast. I'm your co-host, Connor, and with me is the biggest Lil Uzi Vert fan. It's Neil. All my friends are dead. Touch me to the edge. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you knew at least one of his songs. I think that's the only one I really know off the top of my head. You know what's really sad? Because I just don't listen to his music at all. I think the only song I know from him is the Backstreet Boys like cover not cover but like remake kind of I don't know like the Wait, what? I want it that way I don't even know I've heard that song you haven't oh yeah it's I don't know I'll show that's, you later it's that's weird I'm <laughs> okay yeah well Connor let's get right into some Lulu's Evert news then what I mean, you brought it up uh I'm sure you heard first a lot of you have heard that he implanted a $24 million diamond in his forehead. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just have, I have two questions here. Yeah. One, is he trying to go for Rick and Morty season, was it four or five vibes? Whatever. I think that's ex- this, <laughs> the first thing that came to my head. Yeah, I think that's the first thing that probably came to anyone who's seen the show's head. Was, I told... Uh, I told my girlfriend that, and that's the first thing. She said that. Is he, oh, is he trying to do Rick and Morty? I, like, yeah. I, I mean, which, why do you, if you're going to do Rick and Morty, why do that? And also with $24 million, because that leads me right into my next question. Are you trying to get killed? If you are walking a, around with $24 million on your forehead? Bro, didn't like, didn't XXX Tentacion, didn't he get killed for, uh, you know, flaunting... Uh, that he's buying a car on Instagram or something, dude. Probably, <laughs> and then like, and then they like went out and killed him, and that's not worth twenty four million dollars. No, not at all. I mean, like, like it's it's just, a target. It's literally, literally a target on your head. Seriously, like at this point, you're just asking for like a Thanos vision situation. Like you just <laughs> want someone to rip it out like that. Yes. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of those memes. Yeah. 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 It's weird. Um, I don't understand it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of his whole aesthetic, though, is like weird and crazy and out there. I mean, mm-hmm. who else drives around with like anime exotic cars, anime wrapped exotic cars? Pretty much just Lil Uzi Vert. Yeah. But he's like, is it, I don't, is it like a piercing, I guess? Is it, I don't understand. Is it? Yeah. Actually... It's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one of those dermal piercings. You know, when you see like, like little studs or little diamonds, like, on like mostly mm. girls do it but it's like their hips or like their collarbone yeah. or like or uh, actually what a lot of people do is like their cheeks yeah that's that's even like I, i've seen a lot of guys so it's just like that. it's just like that just in your forehead i guess yeah yeah so it's like a dermal piercing i think is what they're called where it's just like it, it's just implanted into like embedded in your skin essentially and uh yeah that's what he was, i'm pretty sure that's what it was like was wild. Just right there in his forehead well, I'll let you know, little Lucy. Um, if I ever have enough money to do that, I'll also get a twenty-four million dollar diamond in my forehead. You heard it here first. Here first. <laughs> he's gonna hold you to that. He's listening. Yes, he listens. He's, he's always listening. He's one of our twenty listeners. <laughs> I love it. Must All right. obey the crystal. <laughs> Must go with the, what? No, what does he say, man? It's uh, must end up with Jessica or whatever Jessica. it is. Jessica. Yeah, that's a good, a good episode. If you haven't seen Rick and Morty, 
highly recommend. Um, yeah, it, felt, it felt a little forced to me for a season opener for them, but yeah. <laughs> oh, Still a good episode. Mm. Um, but let's get into some news. The Super Bowl is... Well, we're releasing this early, guys, for you. Super Bowl special. Uh, this could be... I'm I'm super excited, man. I, I I don't know what to say. I think it's it's the two most like famous quarterbacks going at each other. Two two of the biggest teams going at each other. Super excited. Um, what I don't like is that uh, people. I don't like I don't like when people are fake, Connor. That's what I don't like. Oh, and you and me both. And apparently Gronk is faking his workout videos. How yeah, dare that sound he? Like- this doesn't sound like Gronk at all. Well, okay. He technically didn't, like, fake them. What came out in, like, the, you know, it's, like, media week or whatever, basically. So, they're just doing a bunch of interviews, while the, like, after they practice and things like that. And so, Gronk was asked about, like, the remote workouts or something like that. I don't, I don't know exactly I think, what the I think what it was. Well, I think what, it, what he's, he's referring to is that during the season, especially the beginning, I think at least for a a select few is that like they had to send in videos of them working out. Yes. Like if you're just coming off injury or something like that. Yep. Exactly. So that's what I mean is like, they they were, they were doing these like remote workouts. And so they had to send in like video proof that they were doing them. Well, so what he would do is he would just record himself like running sprints and doing these things in different shirts on the same day or like in different (laughs) outfits, I should say on the same day so that he could send them at different times and trick the, and like fool the coaches so that he was doing less work. And I saw that and I was like, if that ain't the most Gronk move I've ever seen, I don't know it, what it is. It's beautiful. I love it. That is, it, like you said, it's it's the most Gronk move. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, to be fair, it sounds like something I would do. I'd be like, okay, oh, yeah. how can I... How can I get like do the least <laughs> amount of work and I'll still like still like just skate by? That's what I thought too, Connor. But then I'm like, oh, that's probably why I'm not in the league. You know, probably the biggest reason, right? Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely the biggest reason right there that you would fake uh, workout videos. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Gronk, keep it up. Keep faking those workout videos. <laughs> uh, but let's get into some heated debates, Connor. Please. The, some some uh some master debater topics if you will uh connor what what do you think your favorite food on super bowl sunday is i don't know if i have like one favorite food but i do have like my top list i guess Um, one love me some jalapeno poppers those are always a must um i love little smokies i love any type of wings i just love good wings Mm-hmm. on super bowl sunday and i love me some good dip now there's a couple different dips that you can go with i do like you know like the seven layer dip those are always good uh, but i also really like this one dip that my wife's uncle like gave us a recipe for super easy but basically you just like you you cook like sausage or whatever and then you uh once you like brown the sausage, like cook the sausage in a pan, you add cream cheese and like melt that down and put in a can of like Rotel tomatoes. Oh, it makes one of the best dips ever. Hmm. Okay. Well, I already have a a problem with your list. Um, not Please. a problem. I'm just kidding. Please do tell. But no, I think I I I feel like a dip is a huge, huge popular food item to have there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I could do without it. Almost any of them, really. 
I don't like me being the trash human that I am with the horrible palate. I don't <laughs> like I don't like most dips that I've that I've heard that I've seen that I've tried. So yeah, what is I the re- what is the reasoning for this? Is it mostly a taste thing? Is it a texture thing? It's both. Most of really? them are. I don't like the taste. Most of them have a lot of them are usually chunky, which mm-hmm. I mean not only not only is it bad taste but then like if it's bad and it's chunky and it's like i don't know like chunky like vegetables or and stuff like yeah i hate it uh like chunky salsa like i can do i can do smooth salsa i love smooth salsa and i just get the flavor but then if it's chunky salsa i don't really like that okay so what about like uh like a queso like a queso dip where it's just straight cheese basically well the queso is so strong usually as long as i'm not really tasting and it's usually like peppers inside right so you That's just want right. chips. You're, you're just saying you want chips. I just want, yeah, I just want chips. Chips and cheese. <laughs> so I want chips and, and uh, cheese whiz. That's all I want. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're, you're a trash can. <laughs> yes, yes, in the worst Holy. ways. Um, but, no, other favorite foods. I mean, dude, finger foods. Like, like you said Smokies. Is that um, uh, pigs in a blanket? Is that what? No, no, no. Little Smokies are like, I mean, it's still like the small, like the small wieners, but uh, <laughs> still the small wieners, but you, you basically slow cook them in barbecue sauce for a little bit. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's Little Smokies. And those are, I, I guess, actually, I should say Little Smokies are not just like the small wieners. Mm-hmm. Little Smokies are a specific, like small wiener, like a little, like small little sausage. Mm-hmm. I mean, but yeah, then you basically just like slow cook it in barbecue sauce and it's so good. Yeah, yeah, I've had those. Those are awesome. Uh, but yeah, like I said, finger foods, uh, pigs in a blanket, Smokies. Um, I love some pizza rolls, bagel bites. Uh, I was actually just about to say I left pizza rolls off my list because those are always like a good, easy thing to do. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, yeah, pizza in general. Wings is pizza and wings. I think are, are pretty pretty standard for my usually when I'm at at a Super Bowl party. I love those. Um, but yeah, the dip, man. I could, like I said, I could usually go without it. I'm not a big fan, but like everybody, dude, every Super Bowl party you go to, everybody always has a dip that you have to try. <laughs> I'm just, I'm over trying them, Connor. I'm over it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because like I can, I can kind of understand, uh, especially like a seven layer dip for someone like you. There's a lot going on there, so yeah. I, I totally get, I totally get that. But dude, like. Do you, okay, you, I mean, you like cheese, right? Mm-hmm. And you like uh, you like sausage. So I think you would like this other dip I'm talking about. It's pretty good. I mean, I have been, I've been trying more stuff lately. Like, um, but yeah, I don't know. Like a lot of a lot of times, I use sour cream. I am anti sour cream to the moon. Like, hate it so much. Um, That's fair. A lot of people don't like sour cream. What about wait? What about cream cheese? Are you okay with cream cheese? That's the weirdest thing because cream cheese I like. Pl- like plain but then if uh-huh. it's cooked in something if it's baked like in like cream cheese frosting i actually do not like okay fair um but then if it's cooked it kind of depends usually if it's cooked like in like a savory way i guess uh it's usually all right um okay then i think you would like this dip i'm talking about i like i might have to like mm-hmm. have you make it or have i don't know someone you know close to you make it or something because Ka- i'm not caitlin can make it well <laughs> She's, I, don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I trust her. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give her any more excuses to try to poison you, so I don't know if I want to give her that task. Oh, that's that's a fair point. Like you, like you watching out for me. Thanks, yeah, buddy. I got you. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, that's that's some food stuff for you. I'm, dude. I mean, 
as a fat guy, I'm just excited for Super Bowl in general just because it's, you know, <laughs> plates of food everywhere and nobody judges you that hard for just constantly eating for five hours. Yeah, true. Which is what I, I mean, do normally, but... <laughs> <laughs> but now there's no judgment. Yeah, no, now I can now do I it publicly. <laughs> I mean, that's why I've always said Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. I think we talked about it before because mm-hmm. it needs to have... its It needs its due before Christmas just like rears its ugly head in there because it has three of my favorite things or four of my favorite things. Friends, family, food, and football. All in one day. And no one judges you for just sitting around watching football and eating food. And that's exactly where the Super Bowl is too. It's like a second Thanksgiving and it's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Um, but what... Connor, let's, let's move along to... I kind of want to get into like what your favorite Super Bowl moments that you've kind of been a part of. You know, what have you seen? What's what sticks in your mind the most out of past Super Bowls that you've watched? Okay, so I have a few different ones, and okay, I should say one of them is not a specific moment, but I always love how it just seems like every Super Bowl, especially in recent years, has like one crazy catch, like. Mm-hmm. It's always like off the helmet. They're on the ground. They bobble it. They somehow get it. Or like the one I don't know. Was it two years ago or three years ago? The one that like the the Julian Edelman like diving catch that they had to analyze for twenty minutes versus the Falcons. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was versus the Falcons. Yeah, and they had to analyze for like twenty minutes if he caught it or not. They finally deemed he caught it, and that was a crazy one. Um, yeah, I love I love all of those. I live I kind of live for those like analyzing those plays and everyone in the room debating like no there's no way he caught it like no he caught it it's it's in that, like whatever now that you bring that up i do love that like the arguing within the room because usually you got a big crowd there and yeah yep that's, yep that's always fun i that's actually was was one of mine was the julian edmund catch i think that lives that was such a critical moment in the game that was like it was it was the the patriots winning was i believe like kind of dependent on him making this catch right here yeah. Like if he, I think if he didn't make it, it would have been third down. But they were they were in the middle of their comeback, is what I mean. And uh-huh. it, like the implications were huge, and it just was by the hair of his, <laughs> by the hair on his arm. Like he barely made this catch. It was amazing. Yeah, no, it that really was a great moment. And uh, I'm also I'm also thinking of uh, oh, it was when the Seahawks were better, <laughs> I'm trying to think when they were like going to the Super Bowl like year after year, like in mm-hmm. like, you know, middle of the 2010s. And uh, yeah, I can't remember who it was, but he was like on the ground and it like bounced off his like helmet and then his was foot. It, and then... Um, it wasn't Lockett. No, no it, wasn't, it was. It wasn't Jimmy Graham, was it? No, he wasn't on the Seahawks at that point. No, no, no. I didn't think so. Um, it was, oh man, I'm blanking. I know, I know who you're talking about, but yeah, wait, it, like wait, he like kicked it, it up, uh, didn't he? What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. Cause he like, it like went, yeah, like went off his helmet and then like, it looked like he was just kind of flailing and somehow he was able to kick it back to him and yeah. then kind of bobbled it off his hand and then caught it eventually on the ground the whole time. Mm-hmm. Never, the ball never touched, touched the ground. So that was a really cool one that always, always lives in my head rent free. Yeah, I mean, we would be remiss to not mention the Malcolm Butler interception versus Seahawks. Okay, so that's on my list of top Super was that, Bowl moments. Was that your other one? That was my next one, yeah. And this is, can I tell you why? Because this is one of my like most proud moments ever. Go ahead. So, at the time, I wasn't as much of like a Patriots hater, 
as I was a Seahawks hater because I hate Richard Sherman. I still hate Richard Sherman. He's gotten a little bit better, but man, he had the loudest mouth in the NFL, and I couldn't yeah. stand him. Is he an incredible or was he an incredible quarterback? Cornerback? For sure. He hands down was. But did he have to talk so much? No, and I just absolutely hate that. So I was so anti Richard Sherman that that year I was rooting for the Patriots, and everyone was like, what are you talking about? How can you root for Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? Like, just like, I can't believe you. I'm like, look, man, you know, I've got my reasons. Okay. So fast forward, we're watching the game. And that was also, I think the Seahawks or the, uh, the Patriots were going for, Oh, that was the year. That was the year of that catch. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, now yeah. I remember, yeah, yeah. So that was that was the same game where they made the ground catch. I remember who I was watching it with. We were both rooting for the Patriots because she hated Pete Carroll and I hated Richard Sherman. So we were like talking about it, and she and was you like were trying so to get upset. a date. So no, 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 no. It wasn't that kind of she. It was it was it was someone else. Anyway, point is is that because uh, we were the group of people. I just meant I guess like the person I was like talking to like most about the game and stuff. But uh, anyway, yeah, it wasn't like that at all. So we're watching. And she's like super bummed because they deemed it a catch because it was a catch. And I made the prediction right then. I was like, nah, it'll be an interception in the end zone. Don't worry. And then Malcolm Butler, my boy, came through with an interception in the end zone like I called it. That, that was a beautiful play. And it's still talked about to this day, the, the decision of throwing versus running on that, on that play. Oh, yeah. It's oh, still yeah. hotly debated. Um, but yeah, like Malcolm Butler, that play was incredible. He made a, a beautiful break on the ball. It was literally perfect. Like everything that he could have done was perfect. It was amazing. It was an amazing play. Yeah. And you and you know, you know that uh, Pete Carroll that probably still haunts him that decision. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, now one that I want to bring up, and I think is probably on everybody's mind, is the helmet catch. And I kind of oh, wanted yeah. that was back in 2007, 2008, and I kind of wanted to relive a little bit, like kind of bring up the context of it again. So I believe they were on a third. The Giants were down to the Patriots, okay, and they were. It was the fourth quarter. I believe it was around a minute, minute and a half left. They were on their final drive. It was like a third and four. Eli actually like escaped like one or two sack attempts like he escaped them it was beautiful and then he threw it like 30 yards down the field and um and, and yeah uh what's his name Tyrese right no jeez um Tyrese Gibson from Fast and Furious no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> no um but he he caught the helm he caught the ball on his helmet with somebody like on his arm and like he yep. brought it down to the ground. It yep. was like I it was incredible. I was actually kinda of rooting for the Patriots in that one. I kinda of wanted to see the perfect season. Again, that was the perfect season one. They needed one more game to to go for the whole perfect season. The second team in the NFL to do it if they did it. And the Giants, they went down and scored after that. They beat them, but man, I think that was yeah, it's one of the most iconic Super Bowl moments ever. Yeah. No, it definitely yeah. is. I mean, that's that's another one that's still talked to this day. Like, you can always tell what, like, the, when the, some of the most iconic moments are is when uh, right around this time, like, the ESPN Instagram is full of, like, on this date in whatever, and, it, like, the Malcolm Butler interception, the helmet catch, like, all those are, like, always replayed all the time. Yeah, no. There was... uh, so I have. I do have another Super Bowl, moment, which this this just I, came to my mind. I have one more off the okay. top of my head. 
Okay, go ahead. So I was gonna say the the uh, Colts on no the Saints onside kick in the Super Bowl. They um, wait. What year was that? That was two thousand nine, I think. When did the Saints? Th- okay, so no, so actually, I think it's the next year because actually, I think this is the game that sparked a memory for me too. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, but yeah, I believe I think I'm. So yeah, the Saints. I believe it was right. It was the halftime kickoff, uh-huh. um, and they were they were down. I believe a touchdown. I don't I don't remember exactly, but I. So yeah, they they just came out of halftime, and nobody. It was onside kicks are so rare, but you usually know when they're coming, right? <laughs> like it's right, like right. they're down. They just scored. They need one more. You know, they need the ball again, so they onside it. They try it, right? It's usually a desperation play. Right. But, dude, the balls on Sean Payton, man, to call it coming out of half. And I remember watching, dude, and the, the, the momentum was Colts all the way for the first right. half. Like, right. it, they weren't killing them, but, like, the momentum was Colts the whole yeah, way. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. So, dude, they come out, they kick an onside kick. Not only what did they recover it, but it bounced out of – it bounced out of – um, I used to know his name. It bounced out of this guy's hands – yeah. Like he pretty much had it and it bounced out and then the saints recovered it. And then, uh, they go on, you know, to win the game. It was great. They also had, I remember from the same game, big moment is the, what is it? Who is it? The, I don't want to get his name wrong, but they had an interception to return for a touchback. The guy was high stepping away. I remember that. That was a fun. Oh, Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, th- the, so the reason why I got excited was because I just remember like this is kind of again it's it's just more like a Super Bowl moment in general and this relates to like oh arguing with everyone I love being right I love making the right <laughs> prediction and uh-huh. I remember that Super Bowl in particular it was Saints and Colts and all almost all of my friends because I, I decided to have like a bunch of people over and all of my friends were all pretty much everyone was rooting for the Colts because the Colts were the ones who who uh, kicked the Vikings out of the spot. Like, they, they had to play each other or whatever, right? Or was it was it for the... I was going to say, because they're different conferences. Yeah. Man, was that... It's, it has to be that Super Bowl, though. Because I know, I know it was Colts and Saints. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it had something to do with... Because the Saints won that Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, like I know it had something to do with, like... It had something to do with, like, the they kicked the Vikings out, and a bunch of my friends, like, a couple of my friends were from Minnesota, and some other people just well, decided the, to, like, jump may, on with them. Maybe the Saints kicked the Vikings out, so then they That's like, what it was. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I meant. Sorry. Okay. It was, yeah, everyone was, they were rooting for the Colts because the Saints kicked the Vikings out. And you were and with a bunch of Vikings fans. Yeah, and, they, well, yeah, and so, like, two of them were, like, from Minnesota, Mm-hmm. And I think another one was just like a Vikings fan, like randomly. And so like they were all rooting for the Vikings or for, they were all rooting for the Colts. A bunch of other people jumped on that. And it was just like me and one other friend who was like from New Orleans mm-hmm. who were rooting for the Saints. So it was like us against the world and we won and it was amazing. <laughs> I love that. Well, speaking about being right, I remember the first, uh, the first Super Bowl when I was in Idaho, when I moved to Idaho, was the Ravens versus the um, – 49ers. The 49ers? Yeah. And, I was about to bring that one up too. And so we have in at my aunt's house in Idaho, we have this thing where we we have these huge um we always have the food, but we also have these huge like dessert stuff too. We always have uh-huh. these huge like platters of desserts. 
And then whoever loses the, like, we all write down who we're predicting. Whoever loses, uh, have to do all the dishes. And, oh, okay. And so we, it was literally only my family. Cause we were all, you know, we're all from DC. We're all kind of rooting for the Ravens. And so we all picked the Ravens and then they eventually went and won. So that was, that was a fun time. Nice. Um, yeah, and remember that game, the whole light situation. Yeah. Yeah. The lights went going out too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, the Superdome blackout. Yep. That was crazy. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, so that that was a fun one too because uh, I just had a, like a few friends over that year. I remember, and me and and this other kid who like actually knew football were like rooting for the Ravens because we were like, mm-hmm. no, they're incredible. And that was also, you know, I I always talk about that defense with Ray Lewis and um, uh, Ed Reed and anyway, yeah. But just a bunch of guys on that defense were really good, and, and just on the team in general, I, I just really enjoyed watching them, and. Uh, then I had another friend who she like lived in California. So she was like, okay, 49ers cause California. And then another buddy whose dad is from San Francisco. Like that's where he like grew up. And so obviously he was rooting for them. And I, th- I actually think they still root for the 49ers because his dad's from there. And so obviously mm-hmm. they root for them. So that was just really fun. Cause like, you know, the first half of that game, me and my buddy are all cocky because the Ravens are just stomping. And then the like blackout magic happens and the 49ers start coming back. But anyway, in the end, still right. So it was a good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, I, a couple things. So the, I remember vividly the, the Steelers and the Cardinals Super Bowl 2009. I Ooh, I remember that one too. Yep. Well, the moment I want to bring up, I think it was overshadows all, uh, not, all the ones that we brought up, but overshadows all these moments because this game had a bunch of moments. Is the James Harrison interception? It was oh, the goal line. Yeah. The Cardinals, dude. It was. I believe it's. It was or it still is the longest interception in Super Bowl history. It was like 103 yards or something like that. And it was a huge. Like I was going for the Cardinals. My our favorite producer Brent is a huge Cardinals fan. Uh, a few family members are Cardinals fan. Like all this stuff. So I was going for the Cardinals. I hate Steelers anyways. So um and dude the and it was kind of a back and forth game but that james harrison uh i think that kind of sealed it i can't remember yeah, i remember honest, that completely turned the ties and it was over after that uh it, it was crazy it was it, i mean looking back as just a fan it was it was crazy fun but like i was not happy at the time but also the two catches like larry fitzgerald had an amazing uh almost helmet catch i believe uh yeah yeah in the end zone and santonio holmes catch the santonio holmes catch was incredible i still can't kind of believe it the way he's just tiptoeing on the sideline in the end zone yeah that one was that one was wild yeah yeah that was that was also i mean super bowl is always generally good there's very Mm -hmm. few super bowls that are just absolute garbage you know, Patriots Rams. I mean, um, um, <laughs> yeah, what? exactly. That one or uh, Panthers and Broncos. That was a pretty. Ter- that was a pretty terrible. I don't one. remember anything from that Super Bowl. <laughs> the only thing I remember from that Super, Bowl, and I'm a Panthers fan. The only thing I remember from that Super Bowl is Cam not diving on the ball. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, didn't like I think Von uh, Miller got the MVP. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and the only other thing I remember too is afterwards Cam had to sit in his like post game interview or whatever the post game press conference mm-hmm. like one table over from the or like just like a little bit away from the uh the broncos defensive coordinator who was talking and mm-hmm. was like yeah we we went out there to prove they could throw it and obviously we showed and he was he, he dipped after that like he heard him talking about it and he just left the conference but that's also very indicative of who cam newton is because when things are going his way it's all dabs and smiles and then when <laughs> things aren't then it's just like towel on the head and super pissed off and 
just not fun to be around. Like, yeah. Anyway, I have a lot mm-hmm. of feelings about Cam Newton on the Panthers, but we can move on to to other things. <laughs> we can move on. And uh, like like we said on the top, I think I'm sure we're missing a bunch of them, but that was kind of the ones that were sticking in our heads. Um, yeah. So hopefully we make more memories on Sunday, right? Be awesome. Um, but Connor, like, what are your favorite? Do you have any memorable like ads? That you remember oh, yeah. from the Super Bowl? Oh yeah. Okay, so here's and I, I pulled up some to kind of like spark my memory, but I had two in my mind and then one that that got sparked from. Uh, oh, actually, okay, I just had another one that got sparked from looking at this list too. But um, Doritos are usually really good. I love mm-hmm. the Doritos commercials. Um, two of my favorite was the the little kid smacking the guy that was going on his date with his mom. Right? Was gonna, yeah, yeah, don't touch my Doritos. That's, that's the one I was gonna say. Don't yeah. touch my mama. Yep, that was that's always a good one. Also, I love the <laughs> it was the Doritos one where it was the the where you couldn't eat Doritos or else people would like suck on your fingers. Oh my gosh, that one was so weird. That one was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> Just like the such the off humor. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. But yeah. Um, so the, the, one, one the ones that shock or kind of off kilter a little bit are usually the more memorable ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, so, yeah, then there was this this one that just came up from this list that sparked my memory. I forgot that this was originally a Super Bowl ad, and then it became, like, their whole, like, big campaign. But the, the Snickers, like, you're not you when you're hungry or whatever, mm-hmm. that came from the original, uh, the original commercial of them playing a, a pickup football game or backyard football game or whatever, and Betty White's on the team. Oh, and she's like, "Come I'm on, so man! Cool. Why are you riding me so hard?" She's like yeah. getting tackled and stuff. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So then he eats a Snickers, and then he's like, "Oh, better!" Like that one was fantastic because that was like that had never just never been seen or done before or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one. I don't know why this just just this just sparked in my head. Um, it's it's not even on this list, but I saw another thing for a Bud Light, whatever. But uh, another Bud Light commercial. I don't know why I always liked this one. Was the Magic Fridge? Do you remember that one? Mm, jog my memory okay so basically this guy's loading up his entire fridge with bud light and they're like man it's like you got a lot of bud light and, and uh people are coming over you sure you want to have all that in your fridge he's like don't worry i got a plan and he like pulls a lever and it flips around the wall and then it's like just like a little table setting and they're like oh nice and and then it goes to the other side of the wall because he's clearly in an apartment. And they're like, guys, the magic fridge is back. <laughs> they jump out and start unloading the Bud Light out of the fridge. And then at the, it like, you know, it's like Bud Light, blah, 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 blah. And then at the very end, you see them like like praying to the wall or whatever <laughs> because because the magic fridge is gone again. That, I don't know why. <sighs> that one was always really good. Oh, that that's a funny one. Uh, what was it? Like one last year or the year before that they had the uh the boston hyundai it wasn't a hyundai commercial hyundai oh yeah with john krasinski yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a really good Pack one. Pack the car yeah that one yeah yeah that that one was great mm-hmm. yeah i i really i don't know the one that stuck in my head the one i was gonna bring up is the kid slapping the guy <laughs> one don't touch my doritos two don't touch my mama yeah <laughs> yeah that one was funny. No, that that one that one's always good. Uh, man, I was trying to remember any of those, but yeah, those are the only ones that really stick out in my mind. Mm-hmm. I just I just hope they're good this year because here's here's what I'm super worried about ads this year is every single one of them is going to go like COVID angle and it's be been like, a tough year. <laughs> exactly, it's been a tough year. We're in this together. Like, shut up. Yeah. We just make us laugh. You're supposed to make us shut laugh. up, Wells Fargo. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody cares. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, we're all trying to get an escape from this terrible year. Yeah. And you just, gonna, so. yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of them are going to be like that, and it's going to be annoying. But I think in the last few years, not even a few, last probably five-ish years, like they, they've they been on the decline for sure. Like oh, just I Super totally Bowl agree. ad quality. They're not, they used to be really funny. Um, or at least attempt to, or at least attempt to be weird or something. Nowadays, I feel like they're getting kind of just normal <laughs> again, or normal and or like weirdly political or something. And so, yeah. And I, I mean, I think part of that has to do with like just the the power of cancel culture in today's world, just because like every little thing has to be like planned and analyzed. And is this going to offend somebody? It's, I just feel like they've gotten so like watered down because nobody can take a joke. That, and even like a lot of these. Had like all the ones we mentioned had nothing to do with anything that would offend anyone, right? But like even still, I feel like that has a big part to play in it. Is all the PR that like a PR nightmare that could be caused by a, a, a not so savory ad? Yeah, maybe. But oh, excuse me. But oh, I'm sorry, uh, are we boring you, Neil? Not you, Connor. Just you know the audience. Um. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just feel hope free to, You know what? Hey, everyone, feel free to call Neil and tell him how you feel about that <laughs> at. I'm just five, 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 five. <laughs> just dox him real quick. Yeah. Uh, no, I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody who listens to this podcast has my phone. Probably. Just kidding. Pro- at least like 30 <laughs> percent. Yeah. At, at the very least, has uh, your phone number. A lot of them do. Um, but yeah, I just I'm hoping for kind of a rebound because I think last year did all right. But yeah, like I said, it's been on a on a big decline i feel like not a lot of not a lot of laughs you know it's true um it's true let's get back to them but uh i just wanted to i think la- last week we did predictions i believe we both predicted the chiefs to win um connor do I you think have... we're both also hoping the chiefs to win yeah do, do you have any other any other you know updates on the prediction um i think everybody cleared covid protocol so far except for two on the chiefs but they just reactivated two guys on the chiefs uh didn't clear protocols but then they just activated the one guy so that only one guy is not cleared so far um uh, and is a lineman um so hopefully nothing's you know too important there hope it makes the game everything um yeah um the only thing the only update i do have i don't have any update on the predictions or you might change my mind but the, the only thing that uh did just come out this is kind of breaking news it's very sad news is uh, one of the Chiefs assistant coaches, Britt Reed, which is also the son of Andy Reed. Um, apparently, he got into a multi car car accident on the freeway and is now, uh, I, 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 I think it's both him and his five year old kid that was in the car are in the hospital with life threatening injuries. Dang, I didn't, so, I didn't even um, hear about that. Yeah, li- like literally, this just popped up on my phone as we were, as we oh. were recording. And so, um, yeah, it's it's uh, really really sad news, really really crazy news, and so I mean, it uh, it could end up affecting some mm-hmm. things mentally, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but definitely prayers and thoughts all going to uh, Andy Reid and his family, and especially his son and, and his family, you know, every everything that's going on. So, um, just hope hope that uh, everything works out okay, and uh, hopefully, it, hopefully it doesn't affect the game. Uh, in a negative way, but very, very you know, just really, understandably really if it does. Yeah, but yeah. also understandably if it does, but you know, really, really hoping that everyone pulls through and everyone's yeah. okay. That's wild. Wow. 
Um, well, some more lighthearted news, Connor. Um, I was looking into more prop bets, um, and I think I found one that I might take. So it's oh yeah, it's Anthony Sherman, who's the Chiefs running back or full or fullback. Uh-huh. He if he scores a touchdown. So I, I'm betting that he will score a touchdown and the Chiefs also will win. And the odds are plus 1,600. So let me oh pull this gosh. up real quick. Let so would you put up. in like 10 bucks and you well, get yeah. like... <laughs> I'll get like 200 bucks or something like that. Like if I if I win that. So I'm like, I don't think... I was doing research. Anthony Sherman hasn't scored in the... Hasn't scored in the postseason in a couple of years. Uh, and it's only been once. <laughs> But hey, the thing is hey. with Andy Reid's offense, man, anything's possible. Exactly. And I was going to say, it's the Super Bowl. They pull out all the stops. Like, the Eagles don't have a ring if they don't pull out the Philly Philly special. Am I right? Exactly. That's true. So. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my pulse on the predict the prop bets. I'm loving all of them. I, yeah, think I, I, mentioned, I think I mentioned a few of them last week. But, man, it's I found even more that are just ridiculous. Um yeah, you you got to be real degenerate, just like my friend group, to because I'm pretty sure most of them are doing half these bets. Uh, <laughs> shouts out. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, well, a few more things, Connor. Like, what? Do you, what's the best and the worst Super Bowl halftime show though that you've seen? Um. All right, I don't want to spend too long on this because I think we can just go on and on. Worst, mm-hmm. I think, Black Eyed Peas. I think we have dude black eyed peas absolute worst. I think and the thing is, I mean, I still like the black eyed peas, but as a child, as a you know, as a youth, I loved the black eyed peas. Oh yeah, but the performance was just awful. There's well, and okay, let's be real. It was mainly Fergie, which also based on her uh, national anthem, she probably just shouldn't (laughs) perform live anymore, (laughs) or definitely lip sync from now on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like she just she's not a good live performer. So well, and, uh, and I think I think this is a pretty common theme in Super Bowl is like it's not always the performer. It's a lot of times uh this this the sound quality is not great and that's on yeah, a few different people yeah. and then like yeah, so it's not always just the performance, but the Black Eyed Peas had the perfect mixture of bad performance, bad sound, bad di- like everything was just it wasn't good. It was, it was not, good. not good. Not a good time. Um, and then best for me, uh, Janet Jackson, hands down. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I was going to make that joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got to. I think that's in top Super Bowl moments again. <laughs> um, but the best, I actually, okay, I really enjoyed the Rolling Stones when they did it like a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it was just a good show. Like there was no fluff really to it. It was just a good performance. And, you know, mm-hmm. you recognize most of the songs. Um, and then I really liked Justin Timberlake just a, just a few years ago. I think that was I think that was the was that the year Philly won. I can't remember which one. It I was. think it was for some reason I feel like it was. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Point is JT he killed it. I I really really enjoyed his. Uh-huh. Honestly, for me, there haven't been too many in my lifetime that I'm just like, yeah, that was great. You know, um, Fair enough. JT was all right. Um, the Rolling Stones was pretty good. The Who was pretty good. I remember The Who. Oh, yeah. The Who were pretty good. I just didn't know too many of their songs, so that's yeah. why I was kind of like, eh. Um, but I think last year's with Shakira and uh, Jennifer Lopez, I think that was actually, that was probably the best, in my opinion, the best in a long time. 
Okay, we all know why he liked that one. Uh, for multiple reasons. <laughs> uh, no, I, you're right though. It actually was pretty good. It's just that like and all the Facebook Karens afterwards were like, <laughs> just like this yeah. was satanic. Like, yeah, all right, yeah. all right, chill out. No, and um, it was it was, and like I said, like I mentioned, the sound quality earlier. There's, I think maybe it's hopefully it's hopefully it's just good in general now. But theirs yeah. was good that year. Like, it, it was a good sound quality. The performance was good. They all had, yeah. The outfits you know, were great. Uh, you know what? who was one, you know who was one of the most like disappointing <laughs> you pervert. I just heard what you said. <laughs> um, you know who was one of the more more disappointing though in recent years was uh, Lady Gaga, because and this, I don't and this even remember her her performance to be honest. But go ahead. I don't really either. The only thing I remember is she like supposedly jumped off like the the basically like the 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 roof of the uh, oh yeah the she entire like, stadium. She like ziplined in or something didn't she no she didn't actually zipline <laughs> no just, like, i know but... it was like yeah yeah it was like it was like some weird green screen thing where she like jumped off the top anyway up, yeah. ju- off the top rope am i right yeah. but anyway no it the reason why i was disappointed is because like black eyed peas it's kind of understandable that they weren't that good only because like they had they obviously have a lot of tuning to their songs you know things like that yeah but lady gaga is actually a really really good singer i'm pretty sure she's like classically trained things like that so like she's actually super talented and so when i heard that she was performing i was actually pretty excited because i was like she's gonna have some good songs she's got some bangers but then also she's just a great singer in general she has so much talent so this is gonna be incredible not memorable at all mm-hmm. was meh at best like yeah, just not good. And that's what I mean. It's not always just the performer's fault, you know. Like it's definitely, it's true. yeah, it's definitely some of the sound quality. And I feel like they they try to do too much sometimes, which I kind of understand. It's a huge deal, but yeah, like sometimes I feel like there's there's too much going on. Yeah, yeah. They're always trying to get you know fifty thousand kids in the in the stadium all doing the same <laughs> thing, like the two thousand eight Beijing Olympics opening. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too much. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that does. But, but then it ends up like Ninja on New Year's Eve and time <laughs> trying to terrible. get her to floss. Just terrible. It, I don't it, see a it, lot of movement. It ends up like um, Andy Cohen on uh, New Year's Eve this year. Did you see that? He was oh, yeah. He was like saying like tell, telling Anderson Cooper that he's gonna have to come back to his house and try acid. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Andy Cohen was just like, ah, eh, no one's watching. I give up. <laughs> it, was, it was great. <laughs> um yeah that's that's kind of our super bowl wrap up super bowl special baby um let's get on some, to some other news ncaa football video game it's back connor what yeah. confirmed ea sports is bringing it back confirmed um, I, I don't know about you but it was a it was a fun saturday morning when i'd wake up pop that thing in and you had ea sports it's, it's in, in the, the game. game dude ncaa football i mean they were usually pretty great uh, I, I, did we talk about it on this podcast? I can't remember. Uh, I actually was looking into maybe getting a buying a 360 for like 50 bucks and then getting NCAA 14, which is <laughs> if you look up on like Craigslist or OfferUp or something, people are selling that for 80 bucks, 80 bucks plus right now because it's oh, so popular. Yeah. It's it's a it's a uh, it's a collectible at this point. Yeah. And well, I guess it might not be so much anymore, but it was. And so it's it's popular game. My thought when I first heard this news is, oh no, because EA Sports oh, no. has oh no, <laughs> oh no no no, EA Sports has done nothing but disappoint 
I mean, since NCAA football left, but even before that, they were doing it. But like, I have no, I honestly have lost faith in EA. I don't think they're gonna put a good product out. Like, I just don't. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure everyone's lost faith in EA. That's that's exactly why yeah. when the news dropped that uh, Star Wars was moving away from working with, I was EA, so happy moving moving to Ubisoft or Ubisoft or however you say it and uh, doing an open world game. Mm-hmm. Everyone was excited. I was so happy. And Ubisoft has their own problems, but it, <laughs> I like I like them better than EA. But that's the thing. It's yep. like I everybody was like, oh yeah, it's back. I'm like, I'm I'm very reserved. I think, and I was actually talking to Varsity Connor literally like two hours ago about this, is uh, and he brought up a good point: is that the in defense of EA, the main thing on Madden right now, the big money maker is the Ultimate Team, right? That's they make a right. lot of their money off Ultimate Team, right? And so maybe in this NCAA football, uh, they probably won't have an ultimate team. Like, how can you do that with unless it's like past players? Like, you can't do that with current players, you know, because you can't pay them to use their likeness. Not yet, at least. Right. So maybe with past players you could do it, but it, it looks pretty hard to pull off an ultimate team in double in NCAA. So they'll have to focus on other areas and hopefully improve them and make it better. And I thought that you was, mean he, actually make a, a well-developed game yeah. instead of just like a money grabber. Weird. Exactly. Uh, so he, he still didn't have a lot of faith in EA, but he did bring up that point. I thought that was interesting. Um, I just, yeah, I like, like, ev- like I said, everybody was like cheering for it. I'm like, ah, no, please. No. The other thing that uh, <laughs> varsity Connor did mention as well is he's pretty sure. And I didn't look this up. So we're going off just what he said, but he's pretty sure that they're not, they're not exclusive with EA and that bodes well because <laughs> the NCAA, they are money grubbers themselves. And oh, so yeah. if they, if, you know, this product isn't good from EA and it's not selling as well, then they, you know, they're not exclusive with them. They can go somewhere else and make more competition and stuff. So that's fair. So here's the real question is who is the cover athlete? Well, when is, is it, it going to come out? That's, um, the thing. that's a great question. I think it's supposed to, they announced it. So I, I'm sure it's probably going to drop like, I don't know, next year or, well, probably this year, but like before football season starts well and here's the other thing again varsity connor brought this up uh made some very good points in our discussion earlier um if they if they just announced it they probably haven't been working they probably they probably haven't been working on the game or if they have it for very it's been recent right so if they go and turn around and pull put that game out before like ncaa football comes out in the fall that's gonna be a quick turnaround i don't think they can make a great game in that short time actually Okay, we'll do some research and we'll come back to this because yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, I think it did actually mention it would be it would be prior to the 2022 season. And see, so that, I don't think it's supposed to be the season. So in that case, it kind of just the cover athlete kind of depends on who does well this season, you know. That's but, a good point. And I, and it I depends. Also know, I also know some other people who aren't in college anymore. You know, like I know Joe Burrow's like was like campaigning. Kyler Murray was campaigning. I think Trevor Lawrence was campaigning to try you know, to get on the cover. You know, it'd be kind of cool is to to put the past the from 2014 on all the Heisman winners on there. Oh yeah. Okay. I can I, get behind that. Yeah. But that's the other thing is we kind of need to wait and see cause they're the hearings still need to happen for the getting players getting paid for their likeness. And cause well, if, if I don't, that, I don't think it's dependent on that. That's just dependent on whether they get paid 
for like being in the video game or not. Well, they're they're not going to get paid. I don't think the NCAA is going to pay them yet because they're not going to use their nuggets. But what I'm saying is, if they the cover athlete is going to have to get paid, so putting an old like putting somebody who was in college but now in the NFL makes kind of oh, more sense. I see what you're saying. Well, well, okay, but my my I guess my point was at this point they can they still have access to their likeness. It's just the all the hearings determine is whether they get paid or well, not. Well, no, 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 no. they nothing, don't they don't have stopping them. They don't have access to the like they cannot use their likeness cuz they can't pay them. Really? That's a thing now? Yeah, that's why they that's why that's one of the reasons it got canceled. It's because they, they were making oh, this big hubbub okay. about using players' likeness. Okay, I didn't realize yeah, that. That's why I was really confused. But okay, okay, okay. That that makes a lot more sense. That yeah. so we kind of have they to. Can't. They've got they. So we basically have to assume at this point they probably they probably will use someone from the past unless the hearings are resolved. Right. Unless that, and then, but that's a whole other thing. And then they'll have to pay the cover athlete. Like that's a whole deal. So I think that the easiest decision is to. Put pay the people who are in the NFL or out of NCAA, and yeah, and and pay the pass. That's why I kind of like the Heisman idea is pay the pass yeah, yeah, Heisman's. Yeah. Um, I like that idea. That's kind of that's a cool one. Yeah, uh, but I there is there is a small fraction of me. I know I'm pretty pessimistic about it. There is a small you know nostalgic part of me that's like that's awesome. It is awesome that they're making NCAA football. It is fun. It's a good game. Um, so there's a little hope, there's a tiny little hope, hopeful part for me, you know, <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to some NBA news. Connor, did you know, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, this fake setup thing. <laughs> um, the NBA all-star <laughs> game, uh, is, is back. <laughs> like in the beginning yeah. of the season, they said it wasn't going to happen, but they just announced that um, it actually is going to happen. It's confirmed for March seventh now. Um, yeah, and I still think I don't think they're having a full. If I if I read it right, I don't think they're having like a full All Star weekend. They're just no. I think having, they're just yeah. I think it's just the All Star game. I think. Well, but I also thought I saw something about like a skills challenge too. It was like it's it's like they want to keep some of it, but they're not oh, keeping yeah. all of it. I think maybe even a dunk competition, maybe. Yeah, like I think they're just doing like skills, like mm-hmm. the, like probably the most watched stuff, which is like mm-hmm. the skills, the dunk, and the actual game. Which uh, I have a quote here from LeBron, who I think it's from last night. Uh, he says about the all-star game, I have zero energy and zero excitement about an all-star game this year. I don't even understand why we're, why we're having one, uh, short off season for myself and my teammates, 71 days. Uh, and then coming into the season, we were told we were not going to have an all-star game. So we'd have a nice little break five days from, you know, we'd have a nice break five days in March from the 5th to the 10th, an opportunity for me to kind of recalibrate for the second half of the season my teammates as well some of the guys in the league um and then they throw an all-star game on us like this and just breaks that all the way up so um pretty much a slap in the face uh we're also still still dealing with the pandemic um and he's pretty much saying obviously the pandemic has absolutely nothing to do with this at this point when it comes to that weekend um obviously you guys can see that i'm not very happy about it close quote so the biggest star in the nba not happy about this yeah, and I'm not surprised by that. Like, because mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I saw the the same thing when that dropped. That LeBron was really unhappy about it, and I don't blame him. I mean, I, I agree with him in the sense that, you know, they it, it seriously feels like they just got out of the bubble because they kind of did. 
Yeah. Like, they just got out of the bubble. They just started playing again. Like, they're tired. Like, I mean, some of these other teams, sure, they got a, a much bigger offseason because they didn't even go to the bubble or mm-hmm. because they didn't make the playoffs or because they got out really quickly. Like, all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. no, I don't, I don't blame him for being upset at all. And, plus, I mean, I know – all-star you know, like the all-star weekend is really fun or whatever but it's fun because of the atmosphere and you can't even have that atmosphere yeah. without the celebrities and the fans and everyone being there and then you know reacting to what's happening and everyone kind of getting into it i feel like this is going to be <clears throat> excuse me i feel like this is going to be one of the most lackluster all-star games ever because no one's going to be into it no one's going to be having fun they're literally just doing it because they like have to right well, and here's, he also says, uh, I'll be there if I'm selected, but I'll be there physically, not mentally. Um, I think this is, I agree with you. I think it's going to be very lackluster. I think it's going to be uh, kind of, I think it's going to be, it, it has the potential to be all of the worst parts about the All-Star game and none yeah. of the good parts. Because it's like, yeah, okay, LeBron's saying he's going to be there men- physically, not mentally. So, you know. Usually in the All-Star game, it's a lot of fun, first couple quarters, and then they try to get serious halfway through the fourth and try to play a somewhat serious game, right? Right. And that's usually pretty good. It's usually like they have fun. But um, but if they're if a lot of those t- people aren't there mentally, like LeBron, uh, are they even going to try to play serious? Are they even going to like – is it just going to be kind of a joke game for them? You know, not a joke, but like – you know, them messing around the whole time. And then also I think this kind of brings up a good point where, you know, I do think people you'll see a few more people sit out that normally, like even if they're healthy just to get some rest, I think. Yeah. Like just decline to play. I think a few like usually I mean, you don't see that at all. People declining just for re- just for rest. You do see that if they're injured. But I think this year you might see a couple of guys, a couple of big name guys uh, just be like, no, nah, I'm just going to rest. Yeah, no, um, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's I think that's the issue here, too, is, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just speaking personally. Well, I am just speaking personally here, but, like, I'm just not even really excited about it. Yeah. It's just kind of meh. And so because of that, like, I, I agree with LeBron. I, I think there's no point. I think just give the guys a break. And it's kind of weird just, just in general to see LeBron, the huge ambassador of the NBA that he is, to speak, to speak so negatively about the NBA. Doesn't that seem it's weird? True. It's very true. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I completely agree. And it's also kind of weird that, like, I don't know, maybe not because Chris Paul, let's see. I mean, he, I mean, they didn't make it very far in the playoffs, and so he had a little bit more of an offseason than LeBron. But, like, I'm kind of surprised Chris Paul as the – what is it What is it considered, like, the chairman or the, the president? The NFL – the NBA PA president, I believe it is. The president, yeah. Yeah, so he's, like, the president of the, the Players Association – I'm kind of surprised he didn't speak up a little bit more because it, it did say that like the NBA and NBA PA have agreed to this. And I was a little surprised by it only because Chris Paul is usually pretty tapped in to how everyone's feeling and how like the general consensus of like what's going to be best for the players. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe I, I wonder if he got well, kind of like strong armed into it a little bit. Well, here's the whole players committee. Ready? It's Chris Paul, Andre Iguodala, Anthony Tolliver, Bismack Biombo. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, Garrett Temple, CJ McCollum, and and Kyrie Irving. And so to have all those guys kind of be, if we assume that they were all in the decision-making, which we should because they're the committee, then that's kind of interesting that maybe that, because I feel like that does now, 
I feel like that does represent a big majority, uh, a big uh, portion of the NBA. I feel like that does right. represent a lot of different personalities and stuff. And so yep. it kind of does seem like maybe the rest of the NBA, maybe the rest of the NBA that isn't the Lakers or the Heat are fine with this. You know, it could, I don't know. It could be. It very well could be. Yeah. It's, but that is yeah, again, I, I do wonder if they kind of got like strong armed into it. But then again, that doesn't really seem like an Adam Silver move either. No, and maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't Adam Silver who's like make you know strong arming and kind of bringing the heat down on. Yeah. We need to have an All Star game. It could be coming from a lot of different places. Well, you know, well it could be because because some of the some of the NBA stadiums are starting to trickle in a few fans here and there. So maybe it's kind of a move to trying to generate more money because they're taking big losses this year. It's true. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. So maybe they are getting strong. I don't know. We'll see. Um, like you said, not super excited. I am, but I'm not. As long as Beal, Bradley Beal makes it in because he didn't make it in last year, and I was pissed about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Beal always gets snubbed, though. Uh, yeah, he better not. If he gets snubbed this year, I'm going to throw a fit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure they'll really care. The, about and Adam Silver will take notice. Uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send a strongly worded letter. <laughs> exactly. Exactly uh speaking of the wizards how are the nets doing <laughs> for, for those of you who don't know the uh the wizards played the nets the other night and it was crazy the uh the wizards were down five with i think like four seconds to go bradley beal runs up the court hits a three and then the nets m- mishandle the inbound wizards steal it pass it to russell westbrook he hits a three they go on to win it it's crazy. It was a lot of fun. They both, I think it was like 149 to 145, high scoring game. Nets can't play defense right now. But speaking about the Nets, you put it in here that the James Harden is actually leading the league in assists per game. Is yeah, that- at least currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. Uh, I I saw the stat. Uh, I want to say it was Bleacher Report reported on this that he he's got like 11 point something assists per game right now. And yeah, I was I was shocked because I mean you know Harden's typically known as like the scorer and has a bunch of scoring you know mm-hmm. maybe not a bunch but he's you know had some scoring titles and things like that yeah. in recent years and uh <clears throat> and a lot of times is like leading the league in scoring but it was kind of interesting because i think he got asked about it and he was like yeah coming to the nets like his mentality just like totally changed and so not even though the nets maybe aren't having like the insanely incredible season we all thought they were gonna have based on everything um, and then especially with this, this addition of Harden, it, it is happening though, where we're seeing what we talked about, where if they buy in, it can work and it looks mm-hmm. like Harden is buying in hard. And so I don't know, it's, it's just, it's kind of, kind of interesting, kind of cool to see. Yeah. I mean, he's like, always... he doesn't, he doesn't care about scoring. He just cares about winning. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. He's always a 37 and seven guy, you know? So, yeah. but yeah, right now he's averaging 11.2. You're right. He's, he's leading the NBA and that kind of. I mean, his points are down, his assists are up. That kind of makes sense, him coming to the Nets, you know? That, yeah. That, would, that would, falls in line. But I, dude, I got to shout out Jokic again, man. He's number four in assist at 8. He's actually tied for number four at 8.4 with Chris Paul. That's, that's nutty. That's crazy. And Luka Doncic right now, nine assists. Trey Young at nine. Dude, whew, love these guys. Woo. Um. But yeah, James Harden. I think he could he could average eleven the rest of the season. Like I think this is very doable. Like he could lead the league. And, oh yeah. Well, yeah. and it's probably nice to have a few more guys you can count on on your team, like Kevin Durant, Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving. You know, a bunch of those guys that you can pass to to get that assist. 
Yeah. You know? So, so, so I just thought of this. I saw a stat somewhere. I can't remember exactly what it is. I think it was on Instagram that said, um, the nets are on pace to have the, the most, the, the best offensive, the best offense historically and the worst defense historically. Yeah, I think I saw that too. <laughs> like they give up their defense is they just let anybody go pretty much. But I mean, as long as they're winning and as long as they can keep up this high potent offense, like they just dropped 147 against the OKC, 124 against the Clippers, 132 against Atlanta. You know, that Washington game that we're talking about, like they just dropping buckets, man. Hey, man, I mean, if the Warriors in recent years have proven anything, the best offense is a great offense. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't think the Nets have anything to worry about except for getting over the hump of, like, Philly and, and uh, I guess the Bucks too. But, yeah, I mean, they keep, they kind of keep switching back and forth between the Bucks and stuff. But, yeah. yeah, I think they just have to get over, like, they have to get past Philly, but they're they're still playing a great season. That's true. Uh, speaking of the Warriors, how are they doing right now, Connor? Uh, they're actually okay. And what's, what I thought you'd enjoy is Kelly Oubre is actually starting to like shine a little bit for him. Your boy. Yeah. Kelly Oubre. Uh, he just had yeah. a, what was it? Career high, like 42, 40 point night or something like that. Like last night. Yeah. The dude, night before he's... something like that. Yeah. They're number seven right now. 12 and 10 in the West. Yeah. Not too bad. Not too, Not too bad. bad. Jazz are still number one, surprisingly. So yeah. that's cool. But they have a uh, half yeah, but game I was just... up on the Clippers and the Lakers, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I was just, I, I don't know. That was, that was pretty cool to see. Like, um, especially, I think you put it, what is it? What did you put it like last night or something like that? They had to play the Mavs without a player over six, eight or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. They're playing the Mavericks and, and because of COVID protocols, they, they didn't have a player on their, on their active roster over six, eight. And just Which, for reference, Luka Doncic is six, seven. Yeah, exactly. That's like so, so. And in terms of pro basketball, that's uh, small ball, Chris very House, small ball. Yeah, Kristaps Porzingis is seven, what two? So yeah. And uh, wait, who's the other big guy on the team? Uh, Boban. Uh, yeah, yeah, Boban. I was like, I'm, seven, I'm, gonna, four, I'm, I'm not going to remember. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, pretty interesting. And they won, and they they definitely won off of uh, Kelly Oubre's big night. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, last ten, they're six and four. They're they're doing they're they're doing pretty solid right now. They're doing stuff. They're finally starting to kind of get it together. But yeah. uh, I think it helps. I think it helps that some other teams are underperforming, like the Mavericks, who they played right now. That's true. That's very yeah. true. But uh, I, I don't know why. But when we're like, as we've been talking about these young guys, I just ha- kind of had this thought because um, I saw, I saw. Oh, it was the meme you sent it to me. That's what it was. It was the meme you sent me that was like, as soon as uh, Melo gets drafted or whatever, and then it had like the meme of i don't want to play with you anymore for toy story and <laughs> yeah, it was zion and bleacher report or whatever yeah yeah and so i just i don't know i kind of want to talk about it is like will mellow fall off do you feel like mellow will kind of lose steam a little bit well the sophomore slump is always kind of real um but that's next year Ooh, i think this yeah, year i think point. i think this year he'll do nothing but grow He's still learning the game learning the speed of the game he's slightly he's slowly getting better and um and, and I sent that meme to my other my other friend. Uh, shout out Jared. Um, he actually and he he had a good comment after after I sent it to him. He said um, he said yeah, it's funny and because the, the media attention is you know the spotlight's a little bit off Zion right now, and he's having a great year. He's having such a subtly great year. Like he and he's just getting better. Like yeah. I think the last like two weeks he's just been dominating his team. 
but no it's yeah it's it's totally true i mm-hmm. uh i don't know i think at this point mellow's kind of in the same spot call him love mellow uh, okay mellow is for Car- mellow is carmelo anthony to me so, oh, so you know call him, call right. him love mellow i am so sorry jeez you're confusing uh, me i'm sorry great value mellow um <laughs> <laughs> you're right no Lil mellow he yeah i don't know he i feel like he's in the same position that zion was last year where like rookie of the year is kind of his to lose at this point maybe I'm uh, wrong. that being said i don't know if you even know who he is tyrese halliburton do you know who uh, that is Ty- tyrese gibson from from fast and furious again no <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, Tyler Halliburton, he's a rookie on the Kings. He had some good – he kind of dropped, I think, because of an injury or he had a bad year last year, but he was uh-huh. He was kind of uh, – you know, he had potential, right? And so he's been playing great for the Kings actually right now. And I think it's it's like him and LaMelo are kind of the top rookies right now. But overall, I think I would agree, yes. Um, the It is LaMelo's kind of to lose. Um. I, and like I said, he's still learning. He's still getting better because his scoring and rebounding are there. Like he, not not his yeah. scoring. Sorry, I meant I meant his assists and rebounding are just there already. Like he has great vision. I'm honestly super impressed with his court vision uh, so far. And so I think his scoring is just going to get better as the season goes. Yeah, and I I mean I think again that goes back to him playing overseas for. Mm-hmm you know, those years leading up to, to him getting drafted. So, yeah. I mean, I, th- I, yeah, I think it just proves that, uh, yeah, if you go play professionally overseas, it can, it can definitely prepare yeah. you for the league. Yeah. It's a nice alternative to college if you need it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or if your dad's LeVar ball and kind of forces you into it. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, so Connor, let's get into some sad baseball news. The, yes, yes. The let's... Dodgers, just signed today trevor bauer bauer hour um i just have i just have one <sighs> specifically yeah. specifically for trevor bauer um what the fuck <laughs> what what happened man what a sellout Who i have a question the, for the dodgers uh, how do they so have annoying. this money how do they have this that's what i bro that's I what i'm understand. saying that's what i'm saying like can the dodgers just stop throwing money at people like and this is I was so happy to hear this. This came out after the the Arenado news was that apparently Arenado kind of kind of like the whole uh, Matt Stafford like refused to go to the Patriots. Arenado like refused to go to the Dodgers, and I was like, thank anything that's holy. Like thank you that someone has some sense of decency and isn't just going to be a sellout for the Dodgers. Dude, I don't get this. They're paying the Dodgers. Oh, okay, this actually makes a little more sense now I'm looking at it. But still, the – sorry, I'm just looking at something. So they're paying Bauer – the Dodgers are paying Bauer $40 million a year. Yep. Playing Kershaw, $31 million a year. Playing Betts, $22 million a year. Playing, paying Jansen, $20 million a year. Pollock, uh, $18 million a year. Bellinger, $16 million a year. They're playing Price – his adjusted salary is only 16, so that kind of helps. Um, but he's owed more than that. Um, right. Seager, 13 million a year. So, like, that's just 
I don't, and it, like they paid him forty million a year. I do not understand. How are they that. getting these guys so cheap too? I mean, not cheap, some of the. Like, well, is Bellinger? Is he still? I mean, how old is he? He's only twenty five. Is he? I yeah, I'm so. He's still on. He must still be on his rookie contract. That's what I was saying. Like I'm so illiterate as far as contracts go for um, baseball, but yeah. yeah, he must be on some sort of like lower salary, right? Yeah, I think yeah. he still he must still be on his like rookie kind of contract or whatever. whatever yeah oh man that's crazy i did not that's, that's, yeah because i mean bellinger's been huge for them i did not realize they were only paying him 16 million a year yeah right that kind of surprised me too and then mookie i thought he was making more i mean 22 I, is still still a lot 22 is still great for an outfielder I was no it's still a lot i, I just thought know, he I, was getting more well and i wonder yeah. i wonder if he only got 22 because uh i mean you have to remember mookie he like won a series and was the league mvp that year and then he came off that season and really didn't play that well for the Red Sox. And then he was like shopping around teams. And I mean, I think the Dodgers just gave him the best offer because they could, but like he, he was really holding out for a lot more money, I think. And it was like, dude, you came off like a stellar year and just tanked the next year. So you can't really be asking for more. So I think that's why he's probably only making 22. Dude, Here's interesting. So between Bauer and Kershaw, their payroll percentage between the two guys it's 30%. That's insane. 30% of the payroll is going to two guys. That is insane. Well, That's hey, good on you, Trevor. You got the bag. Screw I you, guess. Dodgers. And here's another stat about uh, Bauer's $40 million salary. Okay, It is higher than the projected 26-man payroll for the Pirates, for the Orioles, and the Indians. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. <laughs> I hate LA. I hate LA so much. And oh I think goodness. I think right now they might have changed it, but their World Series odds were at like plus 300 like 300. Uh-huh. And so like a lot of people are jumping on that line right now before they oh, change I'm sure. it. Um Yeah, I'm I'm sure they So, are. it Connor, the Dodgers just going to repeat? Are they just going to go win again? Nah, I'm kind of hoping like they just had like the lucky COVID year, but now that it's going to be a full season, it's not going to matter, and they're going to choke again. Dude, their rotation is wild now. Oh yeah, their rotation is insane. <laughs> that's it. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, screw, 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 LA, screw the Dodgers. Jeez, it's absolutely insane. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing too that you brought up before we started recording was uh, his kind of the stipulations contract that he has opt out what the next two years. Yeah. He has opt-outs in the first and second year. And it's yeah, only a three-year so, deal, I think. Yeah, that's insane. Like he just controls yeah. that entire like that entire relationship. Yeah. He's in he is in the driver's seat. Yeah, he could he could win a series this year and then or say they do like they say they're disappointing, he could just opt out, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it could go either way where he's like, eh, I'm done. Yeah. He's like wins a series. Okay, cool. I'll go get even more money from some other team. Yeah. Oh Jeez. man! Uh, but in some even more betrayal news, uh, this is more of like a Cardinals update. But I was just very disappointed to hear this because I was just ranting and raving about how amazing the Cardinals infield is going to be, mm-hmm. and then Colton Wong goes and signs with the Brewers, an NL, an NL Central team. Yeah. Dude, that isn't that kind of a like middle finger, un- right? <laughs> Yeah, isn't that just kind of like the unwritten rule of sports? You don't go to a team in the same division. Mm-hmm. I know it's, you you shouldn't trade a player to the the team in the same division. No, but that's I mean, true. But jeez, man, like 
what yeah what a middle finger that he's just going <laughs> over to the Bre- and the brewers are so good too it sucks yeah i'm i'm so mad about that but maybe it's at first i was like oh maybe it's because you know i mean was the were the cardinals a player in signing wong they had to be right Oh, I'm sure they were. Yeah, I'm but, sure they, I'm and sure so they my still fir- offered him money. But So my first thought is, oh, maybe they didn't have enough because of, you know, the, the Arnado, trade. Yeah. Arnado, But then um, our best, uh, our favorite producer, Brent, he sent us um, he sent us a notification saying that the Rockies are going to be paying Arenado's $35 million salary this year. Yeah, so he's, he's free this year, basically. What? What? <laughs> What? Not only do you pay them fifty million, now you're gonna pay, essentially pay the player. I, I don't understand this at all. <laughs> I don't. How? This? Yeah, he, Brent just posted that photo and he goes robbery. Yeah, yeah, Brent, it is. What? How is this possible? Yeah, I don't uh, understand. I, it, it makes absolutely no sense. And the best part is that there was a press conference shortly after this happened with the I'm gonna I can't remember his name now, but with the Rockies GM, and uh, this this was actually shared in a in a group chat with some buddies. Shout out Skyler for this one. He's the, he's the resident Rockies fan in this group chat, and he was he he was like this was an actual quote from the press conference today. He says the word human is important. There are relationships in human existence that do last forever, but we are human beings in a business, and sometimes relationships don't last forever. This is part of the human existence. <laughs> like, what? It's part of the human how existence, is, too. How is that your answer for throwing away the best thing that happened to your franchise in 15 years and $50 million? Like, shut up. It's really more like $85 million. <laughs> like, I you mean, don't pre- even... Well, I think- I wonder if the fifty million is like like the thirty five for this year is included in that, but I but don't like the know. Po- the, yeah, that's a good but point. the point the point is is with that fifty million, Arnado is free the first year. Like they were like, oh, you mean the best third baseman in the league and the best thing to happen <laughs> to our franchise in fifteen years? Why don't we just well, like give him to you for a bunch of prospects and we'll pay his first year? Like his first year yeah. is free. It's like it's like a weird payment plan that the Rockies got screwed on. I. I, and again, I'm such a casual baseball fan. I don't know if this is, this can't be precedent, right? Like, th- th- has this happened before? I don't know. Like, this is so I mean, weird the, to me. The only thing that, uh, the only thing I can think of is that's worse is the Mets still paying that one guy. Oh my gosh, what's his name? Uh, oh my gosh, I, I'm gonna look it up right now. I know you're talking about Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, it's like Bobby Bonilla I mean, Day every. Uh, that's Every even... July first is Bobby Bonilla Day because he still receives one point two million from the Mets through twenty thirty five because of a buyout deal. Well, that's crazy. In two thousand, but... in two thousand, like that, yeah. probably the only the worst deal is Bobby Bonilla or Bobby Bonilla. It's probably Bobby Bonilla. I don't know. But that, but that's even a different situation because he. I mean, again, I don't even know his situation fully, but it was probably bought out because they signed him for a huge contract and then he sucked, right? This dude is the best, like you said, the best third baseman, apparently, right? So, yeah, and they're still paying to get rid of him. It's weird. Yeah. Also, I have to apologize to everyone. It's Bobby Bonilla because he's from Puerto Rico, so that's Spanish. Puerto Rico. Yeah, I have to pay. I have to. I have to apologize. All right, to everyone, for that one. Yeah, um, five Hail Marys too while you're at it. 
Well, I guess baseball still confuses me to this day, even though <laughs> I thought I had a grasp on it. Um, everyone, everyone does until something like this happens. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think that's gonna it's gonna do it for this week's episode, guys. Uh, Super Bowl special for you. Everybody enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Um, it's gonna be a good one. But yeah, uh, see you guys next week. Connor, where can they where can they find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at it's uh, Moco. That's M O C O, and then dot C U D E. But uh, yeah, just be sure to follow us at all of our two tight ends social media. That's at two tight ends. It's the number two. Um, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find us there. Yeah, and you guys can follow me on Instagram at the Thrill Can Kill Five. So, uh, Connor, what do we learn today? Well, if there's anything we've learned. It's that uh, Gronk and EA have more similarities than we think because they'll both do the least amount of work for the most amount of money. <laughs> shout out. Shout out EA, baby. <laughs> um, stay away from Star Wars. Don't ever come back. <laughs> Don't ever. Yes, please. Stay away. Uh, all right. Well, yeah, that's it for this week, guys. Um, till next week. See ya. See ya.